thing about practical care and having a little look at Luke chapter 10, the story that Jesus told of the Good Samaritan. This is a passage often spoken about and often misunderstood. And this morning we're going to catch a few minutes just to get a glimpse of what was Jesus going on about as he spoke to this teacher of the law. There he is, Jesus in a public meeting, and somebody stands up. That would have been unusual to teach. Somebody normally would have sat down to teach within the context of a Jewish meeting. This person stands up to ask Jesus a question, a teacher of the law. Somebody versed in what it meant to be a Jewish person and asked Jesus a question. Don't you love the fact that when Jesus was asked a question, he often asked two in response? Figuring out what kind of questions to ask is actually really important in life, isn't it? The the person stood up and said to Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Here was both a theological question and a challenge to Jesus. Jesus, what are you going to say in response to this question? Which bit of the law are you going to highlight over another bit? Are you going to give more importance to one commandment more than the other? He was laying a pitfall for Jesus. Jesus responded to the question with a question. He said, What is written in the law? And I like to think at this point that Jesus lifted his finger up and just pointed at the man's wrist as he asked this question. Because on the wrist of every teacher of the law would have been a little box. And inside that little box would have been a summary of the law. It would have been a combination of Deuteronomy 6 and Leviticus 18. And so when Jesus asked the question, how do you read it? What do you think are the most important things? He would have pointed at this man's wrist, I think. The guy would have looked at his wrist, seen the little box inside would have been these things and would have responded to Jesus. Well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and then love your neighbour as yourself. Jesus said, well done. You've got that question absolutely right. And then he asked another question of Jesus. Who is my neighbour? Jesus went on to tell the most shocking of stories. Because in the story, Jesus could have put it like this. He could have said, well, there was a man who was, uh, who was beaten up. And the man who was beaten up on this road from Jerusalem to Jericho was a Samaritan. The Samaritan had been attacked and beaten up and left for dead on the road. Then along came a priest and along came a Levite. What would their response have been to this Samaritan on the road, beaten up. Jesus could have told the story like that. And it would have been very easy for this teacher of the law to say, that's easy. The Samaritan is on the road, beaten up. What the Levite should do is give him a kick on the way past. What the priest should do is to make things worse for him, to ignore him, to step over him and go on his way. That would have been the easy way to have told the story and the easy way for the man to have found a way out. But instead of that, Jesus told it from a different angle. He told the story of a man on a road from Jerusalem to Jericho, a dangerous road, actually, well known in history for being a place. If you wanted to get robbed, that would be the place where you'd go. And as he's making this journey, he is attacked and, and beaten up and robbed. His stuff is stolen. And then along the road come several characters, A priest walking along the road, maybe on his way to worship, maybe praying as he went, certainly full of the law, full of understanding and teaching. And as he walks 
past, he ignores the man in need and steps over. Next comes a Levite, somebody probably who would have had in modern context a guitar strapped round his shoulder, someone who would have been a modern worship leader of his time. He walks by with his guitar, maybe a song churning around in his mind as he does so. How great is our God. Sing with, oh my gosh. Oh, never mind. Uh, just walk round on the other side and escape the, the hassle needed in taking care of this person. And then Jesus says the most shocking of things. He says, and along came a Samaritan. The Samaritans were despised people. The Jews didn't get on with them. If you put it into a modern context, it would be a Palestinian and an Israeli uh, army leaders coming face to face. That was the context. They were hated and despised. They were hated theologically for what they stood for. They were hated racially from where they came. They were despised. And Jesus throws this into a mix like a social hand grenade and says, and along came a Samaritan. And what does a Samaritan do? He stops. He bandages the person's wounds. He picks them up. He takes them to this inn. And no doubt the Samaritan would have known the innkeeper because he says, look, I'll take care of him. I'll come back tomorrow. Whatever I owe you for this person's care, I will pay it when I come back. The room in the telling of this story would have been absolutely shocked and silent. That A, a person would have stopped on such a dangerous road to help, but that the person who stopped would have been the Samaritan. What's been misunderstood about this passage is often people have said that in order, the, the way to become a Christian is by offering practical care to people. And Jesus isn't telling the story like that. He's saying, if you consider yourself to be religious, if you consider yourself to be a follower of the Lord God Almighty, if you consider yourself to be someone who prays, this is the outcome of your faith. You must put into practice what you say you believe. I think one of Jesus' most sternest words that he would speak to the modern church is this. He would say, if you think church is about coming into a building, singing some songs in a row, and then going home again and forgetting it, you have got everything upside down. Jesus' call to us is to be people who follow Somebody said recently, Tim Keller wrote this book, Ministries of Mercy. He said, to meet the needs of people around you sacrificially and with such zeal that people want to hear the gospel just to make sense of you because you are hard to believe. In other words, as a bunch of Christians, we are called to be those that step up, that live life in a practical, caring way, to offer a hand to those that need it to offer practical support and care to those that we come across. To do otherwise means that we fall into the category of the priest and the Levite. We want to be, don't we, like the Samaritan who got stuck in, who helped, whose faith was put into practice. James put it like this. If you are just people who listen uh, to the word but do nothing about it, you're a bit like a person that looks in the mirror in the morning. And then as soon as you turn away from the mirror, you think to yourself, what do I look like? What colors my hair? How many wrinkles have I got? 
To be a person living following Jesus means to not just be a listener to what he says, but to put it into practice. Otherwise, we might become a little less like this. This is the story of a little village on the edge of a big city, where every week a handful of people go to church. They sing some hymns and say some prayers, then they go home again, and it makes absolutely no difference at all. The end. No, it isn't. 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 It's actually the story of a crowd of everyday people who want their lives to make a difference. They're part of a church with a fine tradition of serving the local community. Their good work has grown beyond all expectation. And now they face a massive challenge, a unique opportunity that has the potential to make so much difference that they simply cannot keep it to themselves. It's about lives making a difference. It's about restoring relationships. It's about rebuilding community. And it's about individual lives discovering the difference that we could make. We're inviting everyone to find out a little more about these audacious plans to make such a difference in this community, across this region and beyond. St Michael's would not be where we are without having been a church that puts faith into practice. The challenge for us is to keep being able to do that, to keep stepping up and to be practical in our care for others and to, take, uh, to grab the responsibility that we have to serve the community with both hands. And just in case this morning you thought you might come hear a little bit of the Bible and then go away again without any response needed at all, here's a couple of things uh, that you can do to uh, honour the call to get stuck in, to be a church that practically cares. Did you know that in a couple of weeks there is going to be a Stoke Gifford fate again? Uh, remember last year's one, a fantastic event. Um, I seem to be in quite a lot of these pictures. I'm not quite sure who the photographer was, why he was following me around. But anyway, um, loads of people, wasn't there? 1,700 people who were up on the, uh, uh, up the roads celebrating, throwing wellies, um, having a, gr- a great time together. It, I actually took responsibility last year. I threw a welly and I did actually hit an old lady with, with the welly that I threw. So if you are that old lady, I'm so sorry. But um, I, it was a, a misdirected welly that hit her on the back of the head. So, um, so uh, we are, we are going to do a bit of welly, welly wanging again this year. Um, come and see me uh, if you need prayer for healing afterwards. This is a great way for us to get stuck in and help. I know many of you are involved already, Tanya and Marcus and a bunch of other folks who are involved as, in helping with this. There's, there's need for helping with that event. Could you uh, take care of an hour making tea and coffee? Could you uh, serve people? Could you um, stand on a stool? Could you welcome people? Could you collect people's donations as they come in? If you can, um, you, you can't escape this morning without Tanya uh, leaping on you. 
So uh, Tanya is going to be available at, at the end with a bit of paper for you to sign to say, yep, I can do an hour of tea making. Um, a great way that we can serve the community. Why don't you do that as you leave? The other thing you could do is, is what I, I like to call a random act of kindness. There's a website, randomactofkindness.org. This means just being randomly kind to people with no benefit to you at all, other than just being kind, just doing something. A friend of mine used to drive across the Seven Bridge, and he used to pay for himself and the car behind. So when the car drove up, they'd say, sorry, it's been paid already for you. Who buy? By the car that's just zooming up the motorway 70 miles an hour. Random acts of kindness that just make a difference. And if you're thinking, well, what on earth would I do this month that would be randomly kind to people? Uh, You can have, as you leave, a little random act of kindness diary that you can take with you for the month of May. It says, Wednesday, be grateful. Thursday, call a grandparent. Uh, Monday the 6th, pick flowers for someone special. uh, Tuesday the 14th, conserve energy. Wednesday the 22nd, say something nice about someone. You can do something every single day that is a random act of kindness. And one act of kindness at a time transforms a community. The other thing you could do this morning is, and you have it on the bit of paper in front of you, I think, is uh, fill this little form in. We've got some pens. going to ask you to do it in a few minutes' time as we prepare for communion. Fill your name in here and the skills and talents that you could offer. Wouldn't it be amazing? Somebody says, you know, I'm, I'm an expert painter and decorator. And then next week, somebody phones up the office and says, you know, my house is a state. You know, it's, I don't know what to do. And we can say, we can put you in touch with that person who could help decorate your house. Uh, put your skills and talents in here. And we're trying to compile a little list whereby we could offer practical care to people who need it um, by knowing exactly the skills and the gifts that, uh, that you might have. So in a moment, uh, encouraging you to fill that in. And as you come forward for communion in a few moments' time, uh, you're going to get to put it in this uh, carefully paced, strategically placed basket, just at the front, like that. And then expect a phone call from someone who says, could you help so-and-so with their car or etc. You get the idea. We are called to be people of practical care, and I'm going to stop. Let's be quiet. Lord, in this week up ahead, help us when we see need, not to be like the people who just pass by on the other side, um, when we see rubbish that needs picked up, when we see people in need of care, when we see support needed from somebody in our community or beyond, Lord, help us to be people who, like the Samaritan, got stuck in and helped because it's uh, all that he could do. So, Lord, would you enable us to be those kinds of people as well in this week up ahead? Because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.